This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Today, many students are back in classrooms after the Chicago Teachers Union and Chicago Public Schools reached a deal. So problem solved, right? Well, school social workers and counselors say not so fast. After a week of being denied access to email and online classrooms, these staffers say they couldn't help the district's most vulnerable get through the stress of canceled classes. So let's ask experts how this impacts the mental health support that students rely on. Later, we'll hear from Ann Cooper, a social worker at Northside College Prep, a CPS magnet school. But first, Katie Matthews, a school counselor and students in temporary living situations liaison at Northside, helped clear up the difference between a social worker and a counselor. So I have roughly about 285 students. I have them all four years, and I am responsible for helping them academically, social, emotionally, and with whatever their post-secondary plans are. Um, And then also as the Schools, um, students in temporary living situations liaison. I am there to help um, all of our school families who are experiencing homelessness and connecting them with resources as well. And Yes, so there is a lot of overlap in school social work and school counseling, um, but generally speaking, my list is smaller. I work with students with individualized education plans and 504s primarily, and I also work with students when there is a mental health crisis of some kind. So I'm seeing kids on a weekly or biweekly basis throughout the year to help them meet their educational goals. So let's go back to last week. What would that first week of January have looked like, Anne, if you had been able to meet with your students, either in person or remotely? So first weeks back from break are always pretty busy moments in the life of a school. Um, change, getting back into the routine. Not everybody has the same relaxing home experience. So usually that first week back, we're, we're kid to kid to kid throughout the day, checking in on some of our our kids who have been a little more isolated. There's a lot of crisis. People have been by themselves at home for a while without their school support to talk to. So there's pent up demand most of the time for just let's have some conversation. Let's work through what I'm feeling. Let's work through what's happened outside of school. What about for you, Katie? My first week back would be similar in some aspects to Anne and connecting with students. Um, I always feel like I'm kind of like the band-aid or triage, and then Anne is the more uh, intensive support. But just being there for students needed to process things that happened over break, um, family, home, friends. Um, also, the end of the semester um, is the end of January. So that first week is also kind of uh, an opportunity for me to meet with maybe some of my students who are struggling academically to make sure 
sure that they have their plan ready. They know what they need to do to get interventions or support to get those grades up. Also, the first week in January um, hosts a lot of different college application deadlines. So I would also be supporting my students and sending letters of recommendations, transcripts, and answering those last-minute application, read through my essay types of questions, um, but basically just reestablishing, you know, rapport, relationship, checking in on, on our babies and making sure that they're okay. Were you able to have contact with the students at all this past week, Katie? No, I wasn't, which is very sad. Um, so we did get, obviously get to see the students on Monday and Tuesday, but then we're locked out in the middle of the night. Um, and what that meant for us, we did not have access to, you know, email, student information systems. Um, we didn't have access to any files, um, didn't have access to um, our information system that we use to send students, like uh, letters of recommendations, transcripts, um, you know, but also, too, it's just, it was very challenging, not um, and very hard not being able to, to connect with my kids and just make sure they're okay, or at the very least, you know, just to be able to, like, hey, you know, this thing might happen where you might not be able to connect with me. So here are your resources, here are what you need to do. But right. it was very heart-wrenching just not being able to connect. And, you know, they're, they're our kids, and we take care of them like they are our own. And having that access taken away from us was, was very challenging, you know, professionally, but also personally. Yeah, no ability to give them a heads up. What's it been like for you, nope. Anne? Uh, there were some... Students I had in pretty heightened mental health crisis situations right away on Monday and Tuesday. So not being able to follow up on that um, throughout the week, I just I had to kind of hope that they would reach out to my school administrator who could give them some sort of support in the meantime. Uh, I was really relieved when I got my, my email access back and was able to immediately sort of connect with some of those students mm-hmm. and Say, what, what do you need? Where are you? What have I missed? Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time just trying to work on other projects and sort of worrying and thinking about some of those kids that I had no way to access. That's tough. Uh, I mean, Katie, part of your work at Northside College Prep is you act as a, a student's in temporary living situations liaison. And as we know, this past week was below freezing. So what support were you yeah. unable to provide to the kids and their families? So, I mean, there's STLS liaisons across the district. I mean, oftentimes they are also the school counselor, um, but we are all ready and prepared um, with different resources, um, just like where to find a warming center, where to find temporary shelter, um, what to do if you are in um, the face of a, you know, possible like eviction crisis. We have resources on, um, you know, connecting students with the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. So um, our main job there is just really to connect with resources and information and obviously you know that was taken away you know but also I see my students in STLS like once a week you Mm -hmm. know and just like that ability to check in how are you doing because their needs are so different and much more you know and can be more profound than some of our other students as well. And do do you think that this will have an impact in the trust that the students have in you? One of the thoughts that completely broke my heart about student trust is that when the emails were turned off, it wasn't as if the email went to my account and then I would get it when we came back in. They just bounced back. It was like I didn't exist. And these are kids 
that have been through a lot of stuff and have had people let them down and disappear on them. And the thought that I maybe was in that category in their minds for a little while was really painful. And I I don't want to be another adult that isn't there for Mm -hmm. my students, but I didn't have the ability to be there for them. So now the the union rebuilding. Yeah, it it is. And, And the union's calling this a lockout, right? So, I know you're just back now, but once you you start meeting with the kids, how are you planning on explaining the last five days to them? Depends on the students. Some of my students will have a pretty sophisticated understanding of it, and some of my students will will keep it a little more simple and just say we were we were trying to figure out how everyone could be the safest. Yeah, Katie, how are you going to work to rebuild the trust? Um, I think, I mean, it is similar to what Anne was saying and just like, you know, giving them the information that I had and, and and too, I think one of the core foundations of, of a school counselor, social worker, you know, is just that we're, we establish that relationship. And I think my hope is that I've established enough of a relationship with my students that they know I would never abandon them. Um, and I think in somewhat maybe relying on that, but just, I think it is what Anne said and just, you know, like, we had been trying for a very long time to get resources and supports in place to keep everyone safe and they, you know, being locked out of our accounts, you know, we had nothing to do with that. Um, and that would never be something that we would, you know, wish for the kids to it just, and again, like Anne was saying too, it, it's not just like I was also locked out. It was that they were getting a message that like, this user doesn't exist anymore. And also too, like, I don't have any emails from past, you know, January 4th until the, we were unlocked, you know. So I'm also like, oh, my gosh, did someone email me something of a crisis nature, of something of, like, ridiculous importance, and they got a bounce back. Mm. And I think that's one of the worries that I have that I don't feel like I'll be able to set aside until I see my babies in school and just make sure that, you know, they're all okay. So we may have people listening right now that uh, might say, you know, as members of the Chicago Teachers Union, you voted to go remote and to enter into a labor dispute. You could have gone into the building to work with the students. So what do you say to that? It's not fair to try to make us choose between physical and emotional safety for our students. We want both. (laughs) We deserve both. Our students deserve both. And they don't have as much agency and power in being able to make this happen the way we do as a union. So I think our union did what it did for the common good. We, we want everyone to be safe on all levels. And I wish we could have stayed in contact with our students remotely while we were bargaining for physical safety. Katie, what kind of impact are you anticipating that this is going to have on the students in the short and the long term? I think in the short term um, is going to have to be some, I think, repairing of relationships and trust. I think that in the short term, it's going to be, you know, another transition back into routine and back into the classroom, the academic headspace. Um, And also, though, my assumption is, too, like there's going to be a lot more that the students will need support with emotionally. Um, Obviously, with the surge that we're seeing, I mean, more students are, you know, having to take care of siblings or sick family members or have lost 
um, family and friends due to COVID and it's, you know, making sure that we're there for them in the short term. Um, and the long term part of it is an issue that, you know, as school counselors and social workers, you know, we've been working on with CPS is like, you know, we're, we're understaffed in terms of mental health professionals and, and CPS. And this was before the pandemic, before the lockout. Um, I think I don't have numbers in front of me, but I think we have about like 467 students for every one counselor for the district mm-hmm. and the American School Counseling Association recommends 250 to one. It's even worse in elementary schools. And we're very fortunate at Northside, you know, like our ratios aren't that bad, but I have colleagues who have a thousand students on their caseload, you know, and so it's, I think it's very daunting as a mental health practitioner to think, how am I going to keep supporting the students in the best way that they absolutely deserve, but just with the increase of, you know, demands on our time and limited time now, I think that's going to be even more challenging. Um, And just, you know, our, our babies deserve the best and, you know, wishing we could have the resources long-term to best support them would be, you know, everything that they deserve, which is the most important thing, just, you know, what's best for the students and, you know, trying to work through that. And what would you be able to do if there were more counselors and social workers at the school? So right now I have to sort of triage based on which students are mandated students and try to refer more students to supports outside of school, which at the moment is extra difficult because there's lots of waiting lists. So if if there was another me, um, we would be able to provide more in-house support instead of doing some brief therapy and then trying to get them on a waiting list of weeks to months to get some support outside of school. Mm -hmm. I'd be able to do some proactive stuff. I'd be able to go into like our health classrooms and do some health education on mental health with larger groups to make sure every student is getting some of this information. Um, But right now it's responding to trauma and responding to those students with IEPs and 504s. And that's kind of where you have to limit it most of the time because we're a finite resource. Yeah. Well, hiring more social workers, uh, that's been a demand from activists and the Chicago Teachers Union for years. After the Mm -hmm. teachers strike in 2019, uh, Mayor Lightfoot actually vowed to hire more social workers and more nurses. So I wonder, from your perspective, how's the district doing in terms of hiring more social workers? I mean, it's definitely better than it was. So I am full time at this school, which has a little over a thousand students. And prior to last year, I was always split. I was at two schools. Um, It's still not up to where it should be. So the National Association of Social Workers recommends one to 250. So one social worker for every 250 students. And clearly we're not there. (laughs) There could be a whole army of me. it's improving. It's just going to take a while. Yeah. And this hits close to home. You're both parents of CPS students, right? So yes, Katie, you first. How has this past week been for you and your kids? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that I can um, commiserate with many parents across the city that it has been challenging. Um, I am a school counselor, not a teacher for a reason. So I, I think every... Uh, it definitely gives me a better appreciation for the fabulous teachers that we have in Chicago. For me, I want my own children to be safe when they are in their buildings. I'm, I'm very fortunate they, they are in a 
wonderful school, which we're very grateful for, you know, but also too, I mean, their school has, you know, a little bit less than a thousand students and they have one school counselor and one social worker. So, I mean, it is running into some of the same issues that we see across the district, but it has been very challenging. But I think that what I tell my, my own girls is that, you know, we want to make sure that when we come back to school, it's in the safest way possible. Um, And we want to make sure that, you know, we're keeping ourselves safe, but we're also, you know, we're thinking of others, you know, in that empathy aspect of just like, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we keep everyone around us safe as well. Yeah. And they are very excited to see their teachers and their classmates again and, you know, in in whatever capacity and we're going to get there. But, yes, it has been challenging, but um, but I'm proud of my girls and my husband and I for kind of we're going to make it through this and do what's right to keep us and our community safe. And how have you been holding it together at home, Anne? Uh, I think my son equally loves and hates when it's mama school. Um, <laughs> he, he prefers. I'm not as good as his teacher. Uh, his teacher is great, and I am adequate, maybe. Um, and he's a little perplexed, I think, by all of it. He's six. So we talked a lot about how, you know, the adults are trying to figure out the best way to keep people safe, and not everybody agrees. But we occupied ourselves with art projects. I got him to help me make some uh, little art that I'm going to use on my bulletin board in the hallway for students later. (laughs) Uh, Just tried to find things to keep us both together during that. Well, we appreciate the work that you're both doing. That's Ann Cooper. She's a social worker at Northside College Prep and her colleague, Katie Matthews, the school's counselor. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for today's Reset. Here on the show, we've had numerous conversations to help you catch the signs when our young people are struggling. So keep up to date on best practices by subscribing to this podcast. And while you're there, please give us a rating. It helps people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and please come back tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.